Welcome to the Transformation Cafe with your host, Robin Misevich. Transformation Cafe, a weekly half hour of light, topical conversation about health, wellness, happiness, personal growth, spirituality, and other insights. We're glad you're here. Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul. Now, let's get started and introduce our diners for tonight's show. Well, I want to welcome everybody to the Transformation Cafe. I'm your host, Robin Misevich. And my gosh, we have a full cafe tonight. Let's hear from everybody. Woo-hoo! <laughs> They're making noise. Yeah, see, that when people out there alive and well, we actually have people here. That's good. Okay. <laughs> I am so excited. We're going to be talking tonight. We're doing a part two. Um, last week, we did the power of po- uh, poetry, which was TC355 with our wonderful Mr. Mark Mie. Hey, hey, Mike, how are you tonight? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm excited hey. that you're back and that we have all these lovely ladies joining us tonight. So so we're going to be talking about the wisdom of connection and really coming from a poet's muse. And last week, um, Mike did such a wonderful job of just really telling us what it's been like, his, his journey of getting into poetry and how it's been for him and how he's rediscovered his voice. And we're so glad that he's rediscovered his voice. I really encourage people to go back and listen to that episode. We, we were talking about the power of poetry and then really got into some of the outlines of, of the different things. So I really encourage people to go back. There's actually a 10 point um, thing about all the different aspects of poetry and how it's such a healing thing. And uh, boy, I'd love to get my, uh, my co-host, Miss Amy. How are you tonight? I'm great. I'm excited to be here. Excited everybody else is here too. Sounds like a party. I know. I know. It is about one big party. It is one big party. Yeah. <laughs> it's a poetry party. You can say that right. Like you say that too fast, it could sound wrong, but that's okay. Um, so I'd love for you to talk about, last week we talked about um, a haiku, and I'd love for you to talk about what it is and how you've actually used it as a really wonderful healing tool with um, some uh, patients and, and people that you've known that have been going through cancer. Um, I had a, a really good friend of mine. Her name uh, was Dee Russell. I guess it, I'm not sure if it still is. She's on the other side now. But she and I did a lot of work with creativity and healing, and we did a lot of work at the City of Hope. And we would work with auditoriums full of people. And uh, one of the things that we came up with was creating healing haikus. When you Haikus are, there's a lot of structure to them, and you can really get wrapped around the axle. But for us, and the basics are that it's three lines, that the first one is five syllables, the second is seven syllables, and the third is five. And that it can, contains a seasonal or natural, natural theme. It's kind of... Um, juxtaposition of different sides, and that it comes from the heart. But we really wanted to make it really open. So what we would do is when we're working with people uh, that were going through cancer and their caregivers, we would support them in creating a haiku that would help them wherever they were at in their journey. And uh, it was really interesting to watch because people would really freak out. Because the whole idea, number one, of doing poetry. Most people, oh, my God, I, I can't do that. And number two, doing mm-hmm. it in the under a confined structure. So I just wanted to share um, a couple that my friend Dee, she had written. She was going through a, a life-threatening illness at the time, and she uh, we talked about her own illness and where she was at. And the, and I found this. It was so interesting. We were talking about this buried in a file that I, I'd forgotten I had. And this is a uh, haiku that she had created getting ready for us to do that workshop at the City of Hope. And Diseases inside me, 
holding on to, to me tightly, letting go, let go. And I, I found one of mine that I, I created, uh, kind of, and it's so interesting because it so epitomizes the work that I do on the planet right now. But uh, I, this was, I did this in 2008, and mine was joy, hope, gratitude. My road is full of choices. I choose joy over fear. So it's really kind of mm. simple. What we had everybody do was get up who had, that wanted to. We tried to encourage people to, that were afraid to do it to get up and read their healing haiku, that it didn't have to be perfect, didn't have to make sense, but the fact that it was theirs and they were willing to share it with a room full of other people who got where they were at. It was a very healing experience. Mm, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what we're really talking about tonight and, and with the other episode. It's just that poetry is such a powerful thing. And, I, boy, I love, Mike, Any anything you want to interject on this, I would really love to have you talk about it. But one thing that um, Mike had said um, last week is that poems hold hold more wisdom than I do. And I think that's just so powerful that once you're in the process and, you know, you have this wonderful ear, whether you want to call it intuition or your muse or whatever that's inspiring you to be able to, you know, wake up at three o'clock in the morning like you did and being able to just write down these things that are flowing through you and have them be something that's really beautiful to come out. So I, I'd really and invited Mike to just um, be sharing some poems tonight along with them and where are there guests that we're going to have coming on. And so I'd love for you to, anything that come, came up with you while we're sharing that. And then if you'd like to share a poem, that would be great. Yes. Yes. Thank you. It's, uh, it's good to be back and it's good to have all my sisters with me tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, what, when I said that the poems hold more wisdom than I do, I was kind of speaking to, um, I think the more clear we become inside of ourselves and the more we start to connect with the deepest and purest uh, form of ourselves, the essence underneath everything that's kind of, you know, accumulated, that we were able to discern uh, where we're creating. So there's times where I'm, I'm clearly like uh, I can kind of isolate and find a specific energy, like emotion living inside of me that wants to be given a voice and it wants to tell its story. So the moment I just kind of bring my awareness to that space and locate where that emotion lives or that energy, then I kind of just call the words around it and it starts to bring that experience that lives inside of me alive. And through that, I get to heal that experience and it gets to dissolve a little bit. And then I actually get to gain more uh, more of a connection to what's divine and what can be divinely interpreted when it comes through. So I think there's a distinct difference between when I create from pain uh, and pain that just wants to be transmuted. And then when I'm more clear and as I've become more clear, I, there's this distinct feeling when, when poetry starts to enter, or like Mark says, when I go to retrieve it and I can feel it coming from a more eternal aspect. And mm-hmm. that's kind of, that, that specific place, it, um, it vibrates differently than when I'm creating from pain and telling past stories. And that is the wisdom that kind of leads me forward and helps uh, me evolve as an individual and helps bring me closer to the whole. So I kind of just like, um, and like I said, the more I create, I like to go, okay, where am I creating this from? Where, where is this taking me? And it leads me 
So the first poem um, I'm going to share tonight is called uh, The Remembrance. So this would be when creating from more of the eternal aspects from a place that isn't broken and a place that the more we clear what's fragmented and bring it back in alignment with the source of everything, then I get to create more evenly from that place. So this poem came from, from wholeness, and this is called The Remembrance. A koi fish drifted at the center of the pond. A blue jay flew above the fin. And as the sun glistened, there was no more right and no more wrong. At long last, the mind stilled. If you allow yourself to listen, the stars will begin to whisper. If you allow yourself to feel, Life will embrace you again, and together you both shall dance. And if you allow yourself to see, you will discover that you live in everything, and that everything has conspired through faces and places for this very moment in which you would remember. Yeah, mm, so... so beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. So I think that, you know, you and I talked about wanting to honor that space in between words, right? So after each Mm -hmm. poem tonight, I'm going to honor the silence. And I think the silence, a lot of people are afraid of silence because usually silence before it can draw you into eternity, it must first draw you into everything that you have yet to confront. So usually it it draws us through our darkness first. But the more we Mm -hmm. honor that process and move through the pain, then it draws us into the stillness, right? Which is weaved of nothingness, which is the texture of love itself, right? So a lot of people are afraid of stillness, but the more I find my process, I find that stillness is the only place in which I can create from purity. So um, so we're going to kind of try to, after each poem, we're going to honor that place so we can all get comfortable with that space inside of ourselves. Mm, I love that. Yeah. And then, you know, that it, for me, that stillness is just, it just helps you to really just embrace the whole energy that's been said and the images and just how we can feel about that. It reminds me of like, and I know you do kundalini yoga, it's when you're doing some kind of a yoga move and then you pause and you allow yourself to feel how that, you know, how that energy is moved in your body. It's so powerful and such a personal and intimate thing for yourself. So I think it's just really good. So, well, I want to get our other diners on here. So Miss Marsha and Vanessa are the owners of Sundapple. And on uh, July 30th at their beautiful uh, boutique that's in Claremont, um, the Claremont Village over there in Cal- Claremont, California, they're going to be hosting you. So, hey, girls, how's it going? It's going fantastic. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Michael, that was oh, my gosh. I'm glad to have you. I'm so, so glad wonderful. to get you guys finally here and a little bit part of the show. So, so what have you thought? What did you think about, um, you know, this, this stillness that we're talking about, the stillness that goes beyond the poem? What do you think about that? Well, I was just, I was going to say it's that gap, that gap that is the emptiness, no seizing, no rising, connects you to the closest self, to the divine. That's my interpretation. When I have that 
that emptiness, that gap, that where I just get to be, which is whatever that is, nothingness, that my connection to the beloved, where I could just sit in that, where I can hear the wind, I can feel and smell the colors. It's, it's something beyond my understanding. All I know is what I can feel in this realm. But I love the gap. Mm-hmm. I love the emptiness. I love the stillness. Mm-hmm. Anything for you, Vanessa? I think for me, it's, I like to call it a marination process. <laughs> for it, it, it's a moment where I'm allowed to just marinate in all that's been said and really kind of just take it in and just be in that moment, be in that space. For, so for me, it's, it, if I had to use one word, it would be to marinate, marinate. I love that. So yeah, absorb. I love that. Because, you know, spaghetti's always better the second day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely. Let's talk about it right? in terms of food. Yes. Because that's absorbed into the noodles. Exactly. Yes. How about you, Aim? Anything you'd like to share? Well, for me personally, I'm pretty intense, and I'm always doing a million things. But in another uh, room, I have a home office. I also work at a facility. But at my home office, in another room, I have a prayer chair where when I just get too intense and things are going too much, I go get myself a timeout sort of in my prayer chair for however long it takes for me to kind of get back to that stillness, and then I can come back to my workspace from that still point. Mm-hmm. And I love I love that whole concept of marinating. Let me marinate in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's just so. That's just so so juicy. It's so juicy. It's very very good. So, um, Mike, how about another poem? Yes, uh, and, and I also liked what uh, I loved what all of you had to say, and I loved uh, what Sister Marcia said about smelling the colors. I thought that mm-hmm. was really beautiful. That gave me a lot of imagery. I, I love that. Um, mm-hmm. He's yeah, going to so, borrow that in the next poem, right? <laughs> I know. I think I might, we're going to co. We're going to co-write that one, Marcia. Yeah. So Let's this one, I, I uh, <laughs> so I kind of. She's ready. I have a, yeah. I have uh I kind of go into deep prayer and meditation, and uh, I let the poems speak to me and what wants to be read, and so that's what I was doing the last couple of hours. And um, so this one, I'm just going to read the last stanza. And uh, what I've come to find with the poems that that were chosen for tonight is that they all have universal themes. So everyone can relate to every single one of these poems. And uh, this poem I wrote for my godfather when he passed away this last uh, February. And the, the thing is, like, I was walking and I was in a deep state of mourning and all of a sudden um, the last came in, which I won't repeat yet because I'll save it for the poem. But I remembered right when I heard it, I, uh, I literally could feel his spirit surrounding me. And I got like, you know, when you get those, I call them the God chills and I got chills throughout my entire body and, and, and in, my, in my crown specifically. And they stayed there 
for about 20 minutes while I wrote the poem. So this, uh, this is the last stanza of the poem. And, uh, and I got to honor him and read it at his, uh, his funeral. What treasure did you find? And how many mountains have you climbed? So now, as I reach this threshold in life, I find myself in an ocean of possibilities. What will I become? I live between both birth and death. It is here where some become cold as they turn old. But because of your life, I now know that there is another way. So when the pain of living becomes far too great, and the rhythmic beat of my heart plays only the tune of the lonely and worn, I will surrender underneath the light of the moon and think of you. It is hard to find language for the nature and eminence of an unequivocal soul, for the brilliance of his light was experienced not through the insensibility of impoverished speech, but through the mysticism and the liveness felt through mere presence. What a gift it was to learn about love without words. Yeah, so I think that, um, you know, I think everyone, you know, has experienced loss and death. And for me, my godfather was one of my greatest teachers. And so when I was walking, the last line came through first. So it was, what and what a gift it was to learn about love without words. And right when that line came through, tears started falling from my eyes because I said, oh, this, this poem's for my godfather. And that's when I could start feeling his spirit around me. And uh, my godfather, you know, he was one of those people that he, he kind of just spoke like, like the poem teaches. He, he always just let his actions speak for themselves. And he never got involved in anything. Like, uh, you know, if people weren't getting along, he would stay out of it. He was just always a source of love. And he always brought depth to every conversation. And I didn't know what his belief systems were. You know, he, uh, I didn't know, you know, much about what he held inside of him. But I loved that because I was constantly in direct relationship with just his heart. Nothing conceptual. And so I thought that, wow, what a great gift that, you know, you can go a lifetime and, and that all the people around you can say, you know what, I don't, I don't know what his belief system was. I don't really know what religion he was. I don't know, you know, what his favorite color was, but I know how he loved and I know how he felt and I know how I felt when I was in his presence. And so that to this day continues to be one of my greatest lessons and he'll always serve as one of my greatest teachers. And so I thought that that, um, that would be a, a poem that everyone could relate to and, and a good lesson for, for everybody. I mean, you know, I think of, I hear that and thank you for sharing that. That's so beautiful. But I mean, ultimately, you know, when we're gone, isn't that what we want people to 
feel from us and know of us. Yes. Is that 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 huge unspoken love that was just so big, it was so hard to describe what it was like to be in someone else's presence. Yes. Like, wow, what a, you know, that's such such the gift. Yeah, such the gift. So I'd really love for you to talk about because, like, along with last week, you know, we were saying, you know, that poems hold more wisdom than you do than you do, and that you know, you were saying that they write themselves. And I really saw how you were just sharing with us how they change us, and how we're you know they change us, they change the way we look at the world, and you know through those inner promptings, it's something that can really nurture just the soul in a way that we can find a strength and stability within ourselves that we didn't even know we had. Being able to work with you know our muse, and and you were sharing how you can, you know, you're are you still writing like three or four poems a week? Because that seems to be you know kind of your rhythm that you have going on. Yes, I'm really fortunate and thankful to be writing. And yeah, I've been writing about three to four. Um, about two weeks ago, I was really inspired and I wrote about four or five in one day. Uh, and it was that day was, I think it was also the new moon that exact day. Mm. And, you know, the new moon is usually a catalyst for inspiration and creation. So uh, I, I didn't find that a coincidence. And, um, but yeah, I think that. I kind of just, I follow the writing. I, most of the time right now for uh, the space I'm functioning from right now, I don't know what's going to be created. Uh, it just starts to, like I said, write itself. And I just kind of follow the breadcrumbs, so to speak. And uh, mm -hmm. when I specifically am kind of, when Mike, you know, the the conceptual form, is co-creating with the writing process. Uh, like I said, it's usually when I'm trying to reconcile something that I haven't moved through, a certain experience or making peace or forgiving a certain person or forgiving myself. Uh, that's when I kind of have a better idea of what the poem's trying to say. But when the poem in itself is kind of functioning from, uh, I'd like to say a deeper space, underneath like uh, pain, emotion, or thought, then then it creates itself, and, and I kind of just follow. And, and there's times where I'll create certain poems, and I get kind of nervous to, to release them because sometimes I, 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 I just am like, wow, this, this is kind of a controversial topic, or I don't know how this is going to – I don't want to, like, you know, hurt anybody or make anyone feel – any sort of way, but then I have to consult the wisdom of the poem, and that's that the intention of the poem is uh, it's tethered in love, and it's held together by love, and so you can feel that it vibrates that way. So I feel like that energy of the poem reaches people, and they can feel they can feel the love, right? And so from that point, I kind of feel like it moves through layers of contagion and it moves through thought and it moves through stagnant emotion. And that's when it starts reaching hearts and then even deeper reaching souls. And, and the poems themselves, they do that for me. So like, I kind of just, okay, what's happening? What's this progression? What's this process? And then I just try to bring words to what I'm experiencing. So that's uh, why I say, I believe that those who are hearing it are also experiencing the same thing because uh, I am aside from the poem. I'm apart from it. And, um, and, and the next poem I have to read uh, actually kind of 
it goes in line with that. You know, uh, I don't know if you're ready. Are you ready for it? Let's do it. <laughs> okay. These girls are ready to hear our poems all day. We're, we're doing a poetry reading here, right? Let's do it. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, so this poem was one of those poems that it, it just came through and it wanted to teach me something. And it's the last stanza because it's like a two-page poem. But, uh, yeah, so you'll get the, the energy of it. Grace came to me and it shall come for all. And as the sun rises, I watch love rise. And before every rise, there comes a fall. So now, as I bide my time, I stand underneath the stars. And what has thus been secret is now budding from my heart. Between the light of the sun and the light of the moon, my body has become a crystal and it holds only love. And like the moon touches the spirit of the ocean, it so too touches the heart of all, reversing erosion. I feel the sun move through my skin, my brown skin, but now I wear it as it was always meant to be worn, to warm the bones and clothe the heart a layer of flesh meant only to protect the soul. And in this moment of knowing, I have once again remembered that you and I are one. So now, my prayer to the many faces of everything, as it journeys back to itself over and over again, is to be like leaves in fall, to remind yourself to let go, that Everything comes and goes, that everything belongs to the flow. So when that poem started to come through, and like I said, that's just the last stanza. So, um, but when, when that last line reads, I feel the sun, I feel it move through my skin, my brown skin, but now I wear it as it was always meant to be worn. So the entire signature of the poem itself, like if you read the whole poem, it's kind of deconstructing uh, the conceptual ideologies of race and culture and religion. And so the whole poem throughout is doing that. So it's kind of starting a new conversation again. So when the poem started writing itself, I said, oh, okay. It's this poem's trying to deconstruct and undress us back to where we're all connected. So I love how that line talks about, but now I wear it as it was always meant to be worn, to clothe the heart, a layer of flesh meant only to protect the soul. So it's bringing us back to perpetuity, right? It's bringing us back mm-hmm. to our nature. It's bringing us back. So the poetry, like I said, it vibrates and is alive in itself. And it starts just lifting veils in a very soft way because it, it's not combative. It uh, doesn't have any energy in that way. It's really soft, but it's powerful, right? Like water is powerful. Water can bring anything down. So I, I feel that. And, and that's how I know love is present. So uh, that's, I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> definitely answered my question. So uh, I really want to open the conversation to any of the other ladies who want to uh, be being anything. I just would love to hear from any of us talking about this process of creativity, talking about, you know, working with our intuition and really working from those inner promptings and um, how we find that it's really something that can nurture a process. I know that with the... Um, the Sundapple, you, you, uh, Marcia and Vanessa, you guys are in the process of kind of resetting the ca- the boutique and and having to get it ready for, to have it be all lovely for this event. And I, um, Marcia had shared with me about how Vanessa just has these really great ideas when she's wanting to switch stuff out. And I'd love for you guys to talk about the creative process from kind of that angle when you're working with your muse as well. Go for it, sis. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm a little limited with my voice, so go for it. I'll take over. Okay. Um, Marcia's got I a little that, issue with her throat today, so. Yeah, just a little, yeah, a little issue. Um, I think that um, for Marcia and I, we we come from two different ways of um, creativity. The beauty of it is that as we've begun this partnership and this, this union, that we've begun to learn our dance. Sometimes the inspiration comes through, if you want to say a vision, it's, it's, it's just an idea that kind of sparks in the mind. And sometimes I'll come to her and say, Hey sis, you know, um, this is what I'm thinking. This is, this is what I'm seeing. And almost uh, similar to, to um, Mike's poetry, there are moments that, you know, that he, he wakes up with this idea, this inspiration that comes to him and he has to create, he has to write it's similar in that, in that way as well for us. There are times where I know I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Like, I envision this in the shop. And I think that it happens the same sometimes for Marsha. But what's beautiful about it is that whether it starts with that initial spark with her or if the spark starts with me, we're able to be complementary to each other in fulfilling that vision. And then at the same time, it being a combination of both her and I together. And that's very evident when you look at the store space. Even now, it's like you see the blend. You see somehow, some way, it all just works. Somehow, some way, it all just kind of marries into each other, being able to bring her style, my style, or the, the in the ways that we've been influenced, that we're able to bring it all together and create what you see there at Sundapple Boutique. It's pretty much a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And, you know, that's kind of how it, how it works. Sometimes she calls me the dream maker because she'll have an idea and she'll share with me, hey, sis, I was thinking of this, thinking of that, and then I will just physically make it happen. You know, okay, then we're going to need this, we're going to need that in order to accomplish that. And then before you know it, it's done. But again, it's, it's a combination of both her and I together. And it works. And I think that's, that's a really wonderful way of describing and, and Mark, I love, Mike, I'd love for you to um, interject in here if with anything that comes up and Amy as well about, you know, when you're just in this, in the sense of process of writing. May I say something? Because I think it's, really yes, absolutely. To, yes, ma'am. To acknowledge that both of us are standing in our authenticity and so, therefore, there's no need to prove or to show. It's more of we're in the flow of each other and in the dance, as she mentioned. So 
we're just going to flow with what is happening and what is unfolding. It's not a matter of, you know, well, that was my idea. That was, no, we're, we're about serving one another, women serving women. And what that looks like, it starts with us sharing in that. What does that look like, women serving women? Well, it looks like this. We listen, we share, we try, we move, we do this dance together in our authenticity, standing in our own wisdom, and not compromising that either of who we are, because that's important. And the combo flows in that way. Um, and I think that is really important because I think a lot of times as partners, sometimes people can tend to feel lost or um, lessened or however, however it is. But because we're wholehearted in the sense that we know women serving women, we are to show what that looks like. We are to demonstrate that. So we're authentic. We listen. We be. We try. We talk again. It, it's, it's a really beautiful dance that we do and at times can be kind of lengthy. <laughs> but at the end of it all, you get to see both our visions in harmony and in flow together. And that's what, you know, the, the shop is all about. And then also to, to incorporate all the other women that we feature there too, so that their voice is heard and their creativity and their dream and their wish and their aspiration and their soul work. Um, and that's why it's important for us when we host Michael that his beautiful words are mm, that's wonderful. in this, this space. Mm -hmm. this beautiful well, I'm looking forward to coming and checking it out. I haven't, I haven't had the privilege of getting over to Sundapple yet, so I'm really looking forward to that on the 30th. And you got to come getting down to see you. I know. We're I have to come down before in. the event. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> you know we're gonna. Boys. There's gonna be. Uh, there's going to be poetry reading. There'll be music, um, just all different kinds of wonderful stuff. That's going to, it's going to be from six to nine on the 30th again in Claremont at, uh, Sundapple in California. So just really want to, you guys are going to have so many people show up. You're going to go, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be well, amazing. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll, exactly. We'll have people sit on the floor. We'll bring some blankets out. It'll be. Wonderful. Talk about oneness of humanity and unity. So powerful is the exactly. light of unity, right? Yeah, that's going to be beautiful. Well, you know, just, just the way that you were sharing about how you and Vanessa work together, I really want to honor Amy because, um, you know, I think when you, when you've got a, a soul project, it really works that way. You've got this dance that you do with a significant other. And, um, you both really want to bring your best to the table and honor what, which, what, you know, each other can bring in their gifts and talents and, and just their sense of things. So, Miss Amy, I really want to thank you for everything you do here with the, the cafe. Well, thank awesome. you. Partners Beautiful. come together, I think, that are natural fits for the, what needs to be done. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. Yeah. And then, you know, I thought that was such a great way that you guys are describing that. Cause I think for Michael, you know, I'm speaking for you, but, um, and just working with your, your muse and your intuition, how that would be. So I'd love for you to elaborate on that a little bit about, you know, the way we described it with other people, how that is when you're working with spirit and having it be them, you know, these lovely poems that come through. Yeah. I think like, you know, I'm actually had, well, I wanted to say this real quick about Sundapple is, um, you know, it's going to be my very first 
showcase, and I have five coming up, but it's my first one. And I've said this before, but I, I honestly don't feel like I can say it enough. Is when I first ro- walked into Sundapple, uh, I truly could feel like substantially, I tangibly feel like love in the entire space. And then once you meet Marsha and Vanessa, everything just makes sense. And they do, they, uh, they function from love and there's so much trust inside of their eyes. Like when you just look at both of them, they're like, I'm going to, I'm taking care of, like we're taking care of, everything's going to be okay. So I personally just feel like because they're so aware of that within themselves that they're constantly co-creating from that space. And I think that's why everything opens up so beautifully for them and why they're so loved and cherished. And I'm, I'm so excited because I really like, obviously like I, I really feel connected to the poetry and it's like, you know, I'm, I'm happy that I was able to birth it. And, um, and like for me to be able to, for the first time share with a group of people and really release it into the world to be able to release it at Sundapple for me is exciting and I'm honored and I'm truly humbled and I'm thankful that they're giving me this opportunity. And even more than that, I'm really thankful to have them as friends and as sisters. And I learned from them uh, just by being in their presence. So I just wanted to say that Um, as for uh, my process, I'm actually working with a musician right now, which is cool because it's something new for me. And it's the first time um, I've been writing music, which is actually pretty similar to how I create poetry. But it was really powerful because I have a lot of faith in this artist. I, have a, um, I believe in his message. And uh, more than anything, I believe in his art. And when we, we've, so far, I, we've collaborated on uh, four songs, but three of the songs, I've just written a stanza where I'm going to read a uh, part of a poem. And then the music comes in and then he comes in. But we just wrote a song, which we're actually going to debut together at Sundapple on the 30th. And the song's about the void. It's about redemption and basically how the soul is tangibly purified, like how we move through experiences. And it's about love. And when, when I was creating this song with my friend Stax, it got really intense because I, I know when I create, like I get real warm and I can feel the energy moving through me, especially through my head. And, but all of a sudden I was creating with this artist, like, you know, like not even a foot from me and he has a guitar and he's just playing a melody. And then we're calling the words forward together. But it was fascinating because all of a sudden I could feel him as a conduit. I could feel his energy moving into my energy. And it was really cool too, because there was this moment where, uh, you know, he wanted a specific line in the sentence, uh, in the song. And then I, I, I was like, oh, I want this line. And then all of a sudden it dawned upon me like, oh, wow, like we're both channeling. We're both in touch with the same source. And this same source is moving through both of us right now. And it's delivering the same message, right? So it was like that one moment where it was like, 
another spiritual lesson where it was like, oh, Mike, just get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and just let mm-hmm. the magic develop, right? So right. it was really cool because, and then there was this one um, line where he says, don't ignore us. But I remember specifically running through me, it was, no, it's not don't ignore us. It's don't forget us because don't mm-hmm. forget us carries an energy that's going to draw upon inherent compassion and empathy rather than the frustration of not being seen, right? right. And and then it's funny because when he went through his run-through and started singing, he's saying, don't forget us instead of don't ignore us without me even saying anything. And that moment again was synchronistic because I realized, wow, this source already knows what it wants to be created and we just have to be silent. Right. And mm-hmm. so... Yeah, the song kind of created itself, and and like I said, well, I'm really excited because we'll we're going to perform that together on the 30th. Cool, that's exciting. Yeah, that is exciting. Very exciting. Well, we've got about three minutes left. How about we get another poem? Yes, I'm ready. So uh, the the final poem is going to be a. I talked a lot about my parents in the beginning of part one of the interview. Uh, on Transformation Cafe, <laughs> and uh, it, um, I, I actually, uh, this is a hybrid, I combined two poems, and this is a poem I wrote for them. They looked inside of themselves and found what was still open. They would not touch their children with pieces that were broken. They taught us how to look inside. They told us nothing is more real than what you feel. Not the coming and going of human emotion that visits like wave to wave, but the gift of knowing that underneath all of that remains the ocean. I did not bear her sister's death or his father's absence. They felt that only theirs to bear, for I am not theirs, and this they have always known. What was put in their minds would never reach mine. And whatever parted their hearts would always be kept far. They wanted me to see what was inside of me, for they knew that this was the gift to see what was in front of me. They would not get in the way of my faded meaning with what it meant to be living. Humility, the ability to tell your child you have taken them as far as you can. Courage, the ability to give your child only your heart and faith, faith, the wisdom abound, the wisdom that flows from the sparrow, the owl and the night, the sun and its light, the wisdom of knowing that they who came through you must find their way without you. Surrender, knowing that everything is as it must be and that in order to align with what is, what has always been, and what will continue to be, all that is asked of us is to love, is to be, is to be love. And yeah, so I felt like that was a good poem because I think that one of the greatest honors and responsibilities is uh, being a parent and that relationship. And I, I see my parents, have been honorary parents to not just myself and my sisters, but to a lot of my best friends and some of my cousins and 
um, some of my sister's best friends that kind of didn't have that connection with their own parents. And I feel like a lot of the brokenness is projected into the world. And um, something called me to create a poem where we talk about conscious parenting and what it means to connect and what it means to honor your child and knowing that, like the little LeBron says, that, you know, you came through me, but you are not of me. And mm-hmm. uh, that's perfect. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, I, like always, it's this show. It just it doesn't have enough time because, <laughs> like, you know, we get all together with, uh, with these guys. It's like a three and a half hour dinner, so you know, <laughs> the, this forty five minutes is always just going to be a little too short. So, I want to encourage everybody to, uh, if you have any questions, go over to uh, the Facebook page with Sundapple and go ahead and uh, contact Marsha or Vanessa if for any kind of questions that you'd like to have, and uh, let them know that you're going to be joining us um, on the the thirtieth of July. I think that'll be really great. Amy might be joining us too. We're, we're trying to get her over there, so I think that'll be really come good. Down, Amy. Yeah, yeah, Yay. we're trying to get her to come too. So I want to thank all you guys for joining us tonight. And again, uh, you know, really listen to your heart. Listen to the power of poetry. You wake up at three o'clock in the morning and feel like you need to just get up and write something. Allow yourself to let those words flow onto a page because there's something there that can really um, heal you in your inner promptings and showing you how that, that nurturing song that can bring you into a newfound strength and stability is right there and it's coming from your heart. So you guys have a great evening. We'll see you next time here at the cafe. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Transformation Cafe podcast. To learn more, visit transformation-cafe.com for show notes, guest information, and links to previous shows. You can also subscribe to the Transformation Cafe podcast on iTunes. Join us again next time at the Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul.